What's going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. What you guys are about to listen to is uh, is a special thing. Yeah. This is the first time we have had a crowdsourced request for an interview. And uh, you guys are about to hear a conversation from one of our longtime patrons uh, and also the talent behind the ever so iconic cover band confidential bumper. Yep. So I would love to do like a nice flowery introduction, but to be perfectly honest, I really think this conversation just speaks for itself. <laughs> so I'll yeah. go ahead and turn it over to us. Ladies and gents, our guest this week is one of our longtime patrons. I actually looked it up. He has been supporting us since January of 2020. So just as things were getting crazy, wow. uh, he hopped on board. He is the guitarist and band leader for the Van Band out of Boca Raton, Florida, I believe. And is just one of the neatest guys we know. And, and honestly, a venerable celebrity in the cover band podcast scene. It's true in general yeah adam moskowitz welcome to and the show. that's how you go from the outro bumper to the main event hey, <laughs> hey, hey <there> you go. <laughs> what's up ladies and gentlemen like adam said i'm from the van band in south florida it's my pleasure to be here with you adam and dan thank you for having me on always a treat listen hey. uh, tell, tell me this van band we gotta start there break it down where's that name from you want to know what it stands for yeah yeah I'm, I'm going to get into that. Oh, into oh, that. it's a story. Ahead. Okay. Let, good. Yeah. Good. Good. Let me leave you hanging just a little He's bit. I'm uh, teasing me. He's teasing me. Find out what that stands for. All right. All right. All right. I'll break it down. Fair. So, uh, for those who may not be familiar, Adam has been a longtime contributor to the podcast. He's a guy who's, who was sending in emails and asking questions. And one of the folks that we've has onboarded the information that we have talked about and built this very impressive operation. Yeah. And uh, it got to the point where other members of the Patreon Slack community were like, you should have Moskowitz on the show because he's been able to pull all this stuff off. And we just want to pick, we want to know from his mouth, the way that you guys would normally talk to other folks. This was something where it was a, a grassroots campaign that you did not campaign for at all. That people just were like, he, he's got something really cool going on and we'd like to know more about it. So, we should uh, maybe also mention, he's also sent some letters into our friends at GigGab and they've been impressed by that too. They've talked about having him on and much as we do love those guys and we do, we get Moskowitz first. First, we got the scoop. first claim. We're claiming yeah. him. We're claiming him. You can have him next. Let me jump in and just kind of uh, set the scene for you guys. All right. So I've been a musician since I was 15 years old. I've been looking for a community of like-minded individuals, band leaders who are looking uh, to move their projects forward in, in every capacity and every way possible. And I've been on the Reddits communities. I've been on the Facebook groups. There's some juice there, but I just want to let you know the listeners know if you're not part of the Patreon Slack community, uh, just go ahead and give these guys a couple bucks because it's the best community that there is for musicians and band leaders because um, it's without all the BS. It's just like cool people talking about how their bands go through 
various different struggles. We all celebrate each other's wins. I've never met anybody in the group, but I feel you know greatly connected to both you, Dan and Adam, and just like the whole crew. And I'll thank, uh, I'll give a shout out to Jason Adler from the After 7 Tucson band. He's the one that sort of nominated me to come on the show here. And I've been a <laughs> listener. I think I've heard all the episodes. And I just want to congratulate you guys on on a very cool community, a supportive community. And, and just like all of us are of a similar age range where we're not stuck in old ways. We're looking to the future. We're embracing technology. We're focusing on our craft. We're just trying to have better production all the time. Uh, and a lot of the uh, ideas that you guys have shared, are I have implemented in my band. My band is like almost the same age as your podcast. So all along the growth of my band, I have been greatly inspired to make certain moves and um, implement certain changes and philosophies that have gotten me to the point where I am today. Like I started from zero band members, zero fans as well, around the same time you guys started with zero listeners. So now I can get into a little bit about like what my band is doing today, currently, right now. And then maybe we could like jump back, jump cut back to my beginning and I could share, you know, how I got here. Sounds uh, great. My, my music career and everything. So, Yeah. So tell us about the Van Band, it, it, its founding and, and how you've kind of taken it to the level that it is today. And, and, what, and what are some of those And what, it stand, what the name stands for. Yes. For now crying out time loud. to share that. Here we go. Okay. So first of all, what the name stands for. So... My wife and I started a business um, about seven years ago, and I'm, I also do videography as like another side hustle to my side hustle of music. And my wife and I started this company called VamVid, like standing for videography, and we would do videos for weddings and make highlight videos for stuff we did. We did it for a few years. And then when the idea, like I was in another band, which I'll... I'll catch you all up on how I got to the band before I was in Bam Band. But when I was starting to think of a band name, that's one of the most difficult parts of starting a band. What is going to be the band name? Because there's so many options. There's so many that are already taken that are good ideas. You have to find the website, the social media. There's so much going on. So I wanted something unique. And I already had this business called VamVid. So what does VAM stand for? V-A-M. My wife's name is Victoria Vicky. That's the V. My name is Adam Moskowitz, A-M. So yeah. that's the origin. Okay. It's bringing my it's a family. family it's a family affair. And I'm bringing my wife into the band with me, even though she doesn't perform with us. She is part of the ethos. I talk to her about it all the time so much that she's like, I don't want to hear about your band today. <laughs> like That's enough about your band. Let's just talk about something else because I love this stuff. I love the craft. I love the improving of it. I love talking about it. And uh, the letters VAM, they have now evolved. So now it stands for a second thing. Very awesome music. I yeah. wondered that was I, when I was guessing what it stood for. I, that was, that was my guess. How about that? That was your guess. Yeah. So yeah. That's, it has a dual meaning. And, Depending on my mood, I'll say different things on stage, but and maybe I'll come up with the third one too. I just think it's fun to uh, know that it, it it like is familial, 
And then also it has this very awesome music band is also a fun band name. So cool. that's the origin story. And we don't really do the videography stuff anymore. I, I sometimes do it for other bands. I do it for my own band all the time. I have a couple cameras. I record almost every show. So the videography side of things I love to do. I love editing and final cut, but it takes a lot of time. And I sometimes, uh, Adam as Dan is editing is pretty annoying. We try to automate as much as possible, but, uh, I love to do it. I love to create videos. It's something I've made thousands of videos in my lifetime. During the pandemic, when gigs went away completely, I sort of went deeper into the video world. I got a green screen. I made all these cool music videos, little covers that I did. It was a lot of fun, just something to keep me musical when there was no shows happening. So uh, that's the origins of the VAM. And what I do in VAM band, I play guitar. I sing backup vocals. And I band lead. That's that's pretty much the most important role. I do everything A to Z, uh, and then some. And um, what's unique about how I run the band band, and I think a reason why I was you know nominated to be here today, is that we have a lineup that is modular. So what that means is that there's no set lineup. There's me, and then there's I have a network of about 50 musicians on all of the various instruments. And on any date that I'm personally available as the band leader, I can, I know that I can assemble a killer lineup around me on any date. And that has been proven out. I have one, I had one scenario on a Friday morning. I got a call from this booking agent and he said, Hey, the band for tonight canceled. Can you play? And I said, you know what? Give me a few minutes. I reached out to some of my people. Some of them were not available, but I have enough of a network where I was able to assemble a band for that night with less than 24 hours notice and play on stage that night. And um, that flexibility has been huge, so huge for my band, so huge for saying yes to opportunities because that was my worst fear in the past that we would get a great opportunity and then one guy is out of town or unavailable and then you can't do the gig and it's it sucks it sucks to pass up opportunities so part of that modular lineup for me was that i just want to be available to say yes as long as i personally can say yes so um it takes a lot of organization and i'll get into some more of those details a little later on we have some questions uh from the patreon i actually posted earlier today said hey ask me anything yeah and they submitted a couple of great questions so maybe we can get to those like towards the end of, of the show um but but one just i want to clarify one thing about that we're not so those of us who traditionally like i have three other people individuals <laughs> they plus me are the band we are those people right it's a very very different model one thing i want to clarify you're not talking about subs here right that's correct yeah i actually don't use that word i don't it, it's semantics to me like it's not a dirty word but to me we're just a collective we're a yeah. family yeah of 50 awesome musicians and vocalists yeah and on any given date i can pull based on location based on type of show based on availability i can pull what i need based on budget also you know i can also grow the band in that way typically we play as a five or six piece but when the budget's there, when the stage size is there, I can grow up to a 10-piece at this point because wow. I also know horn players, percussion players, et cetera, et cetera. And I can um, basically serve any client yeah. 
with any with with what they need. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's so, but to kind of to underline what I'm saying, like you don't have subs because you don't have regulars. There are people, of course, that become my first call. Uh-huh. Sure, sure. No, I imagine you have like an order of order of preference or something. That's correct. Yeah. And even then with the order of preference, sometimes I just want to bring new people into the circle. Mm-hmm. And part of that, I'll, excuse me, I'll share right now that I've been inspired by something that Adam's done where you have, you have members only, right? The 80s mm-hmm. band. You have Can't Hardly Wait, 90s band. Mm-hmm. You have High Class Party Band. Is that the other yep. one? And also Warped, the yep. um, emo kind of pop punk band. So that's four bands. Are you in all of those? I am in all of those bands. Uh, right. the, the goal is to not have to be, but currently, yes. Right. Right. So, so my goal, my big picture scenario, my vision for the Van Band and why I've gone this route is that I eventually want to expand into uh, having an, a van band entertainment agency and have multiple groups. And I don't have to be in all of them. I also know guitar players, but typically I've been at every van band gig as yep. the only person. Everybody else has rotated around me, but I've been at every gig. And my vision, my bigger goal is to be able to have several bands and book them all and work them all and make an agent cut off of that scenario so i've been inspired by you on that i'm not there yet i'm, I'm only on my one band but the network of about 50 people that's grown to be that way over the last three years yeah and and let me just share a little bit about how i've come across these people because i started on craigslist my initial lineup was 100 percent craigslist i didn't know anybody in the top 40 world and i had to start start with the uh with what i could get and I assembled an initial lineup enough to start playing shows, enough to start making promo videos. And with that material, I was able to get better shows and continue to build up the, rep- the um, reputation of the band. And then as I would come across great musicians, I would take note. I would reach out. I'm big about connecting with people on Instagram and Facebook, uh, musician groups, local musician groups. I'm big on um, just sending messages out. Hey, I'm a band leader of this band. I'm always looking for talent. If you're interested, check out our website, check out our, our sample set lists. Let me know if you're ever interested. I'll, I'll keep you. And I have on my phone, I, I put everybody's instrument in my contact name. So if I need a drummer, I just type drums in my contacts and... 12 people come up and then i can determine all right the gig in miami who lives near there because i don't want to make people drive two hours no i'm trying to think about all these elements to make it easy for um the people i work with and we'll get more into that a little later i try to make it as easy as possible for new people to come in the band and uh i i love the variety both for myself as a musician that loves music, I love the unique spice that each musician brings to uh, what we do. It's often the same songs or 75% the same songs, but each person brings something really special. And I love that. I really do. And also for our fans who come to see us at multiple shows, yeah, of course, there's something about a band that's played together for years that's super tight, that you know their faces, you know their names. There's also something really cool about people who come to see our band multiple times and they get a unique show every time, you know? 
Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, and it's also like by building such a wide network, you're increasing your kind of level of influence in your market. Yes. Because you yes. become you become a person that not only um people know, but they know who to go to get the kind of work that you're doing. Right. Yeah. And uh, that's something that I don't think a lot of people think about when you're talking about band leaders, because when you're dealing with people who are of hired guns, freelance guys and gals is they think that they are the people, they're the one who can provide this unique thing, but we, they need people who to get them the shows. (laughs) And so we are the people that, that have a little bit more juice in the game because we're the, you're either getting the check or signing the check. And when you're doing that kind of work that, you have more influence. Right. And just the sheer network of musicians that, so one other thing I do is I'm a hundred percent transparent about this fact that the band is modular. I don't try to pull one over on our fans. I don't try to pull one over on agents or clients. I'm very clear. If they want to request somebody, they can definitely do that. And I'll try to get them as a first call. But what I promise is great entertainment every time i don't promise it's going to be the exact same lineup and i try to be clear with that because most people that is the way people know a band yeah and they think uh, these five faces are the five faces that will be at every band band show and if it's not it's a sub i i don't think that way i think of it more as a uh like a play how they have understudies i think of all of these players as understudies and they they all know my repertoire to some degree and uh, I'm really diligent about giving people, like respecting my musicians' time. I think that's, uh, and we don't rehearse at all. We did when the band was very young before we got uh, onto backing tracks. And um, maybe I should jump into that subject a little bit. Like, before you do, there's one point I want to make before you do. Yeah. And that is that this whole thing proves the thesis that I have been pushing since episode one, which is that um, there is... There is no one right way to do cover bands. I promise there are people listening to this who are like, oh my God, I could never do that. That's just the wrong way to go. Oh, terrible. Or, or I can't, I, you know, it's so different from my, how I think a band is. I can't even get my head around it. I don't know if they're judgment, judgy about it. Some, some people maybe. I don't think I could handle well, the, yeah, yeah, the, the anxiety of, yeah, of it being yeah, such a the, rotating cast of characters. Or the yeah. organization it would take to like, and what do you even mean? We don't rehearse. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> my, I, you know, what it comes down to is like, there are bands for whom those particular individuals are part of the brand. Right. And there are bands for whom, no specific individuals part of the brand, including you for the audience, probably. And, uh, and the, both are valid brand choices, right? And you've right. leaned into a particular one that has given you a lot of success because you've kept yourself, you know, you've, ma- you've managed to have that brand be what it is. Like it's, you're going to get an amazing show at the Van Band. Who knows who's going to be on stage? Who cares? It's going to be an amazing show. And that's the brand and what you deliver and what people can count on from you. And you've had a ton of success with that. So, um, I, I love that. It's a great example of the variety and flexibility and breadth of what a brand can be. And, um, and I, you know, (laughs) it's just, it's, it's awesome. It's really awesome. Yeah. And I, I want to be clear that up until this band, I've been only in the other kind of, sure. Yeah. And yeah. And, 
uh, and all of my projects were original bands before Van Band. Mm. So um, I think that is more conducive to having the same lineup because with covers, there is a, it's almost like a language. Now that I've met all these, what I'll call top 40 musicians, these players, they know 75% of the repertoire coming in for the most part. And typically that extra 25% is just me, what our band does uniquely, any specific mashups, any special endings or whatever. That's the stuff that I'm helpful to explain to them and get them up to speed on. But I don't want to imply that doing a band any other way is not as good as my band. There are infinite ways of how to run a business and a band is a business. I just wanted to share how this philosophy has been uh, helpful and has been huge for um, our growth, uh, especially since we've come back from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. That that break, that forced break, was when I first delved into should my band be on in-ears and should my band use tracks. And those two changes, which were, in, again, inspired by your guys talking about it, and Adam, you've been on them, I think, since before the podcast, but Dan, your conversion was like on air. Yep. And witnessing that was enough for me to say, you know what? I need to try this with my band. Like, this is the way of the future. There's no doubt. And the only thing that was standing in my way was a little bit of technical understanding and figuring and getting a new mixer that had more auxiliary outputs. So I could, at first, I only had four. So I made my bassist and drummer share a mix. When, and they were both not happy. So, and eventually I sold that and reinvested this music money that I make into a new mixer. And now we have eight bouts and everybody has their own mix. They can mix it on their phone. It's really flexible. And what the in-ears does is allow me to have cue tracks playing along with our tracks the entire show. So every change in a song has a woman in our ear saying intro, two, three, four bridge two three four and that helps so that anybody new coming in as long as they know the chords as long as they know their parts they don't have to worry so much about memorizing the arrangement because they're going to be guided through it by this automated conductor that's how i think of the cues and the click track it's like the conductor of an orchestra that i'm conducting it but i've done the programming beforehand so i don't have to use my md mic the whole time to guide people through that's how I started doing it. And it was very annoying. I bet. And eventually I was like, I have to find a better way. And I've just iterated on this idea and this philosophy over the years. And again, a lot of the input from you guys and from the Slack community, I've just continued to grow this thing where now our lyrics are completely automated. We have a teleprompter that goes along with every song. And um, our production has just stepped up because I also have automated our light show um partially i'm in the process of doing that right now um so that you know our lights sort of change on the beat because the bpm is coming from my daw the tracks so it's it's really cool and i just love the growth of it i love uh pontificating about new gear to get and where the project can go in the future based on all your guys feedback i really do i I just want to express how much i appreciate it yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing to see the path you've taken. It's like your, um, you know, those little toy cars, you like pull back until they click and then they zoom off. I feel like we clicked you <laughs> a couple of years back and now you've zoomed off. <laughs> yeah. So you, and you've gotten to do some really crazy stuff and, and 
the your group is in a very interesting part of the country where some things are uh, are not possible. Mm. So one of the first real interesting side quest things I felt like we as a community were a part of was your band was asked to like get on a private plane <laughs> and play on like a on an island out yes. in the Caribbean. That's right. And just I remember what kind of practical questions should I be asking these people? Right. <laughs> yeah. I've never flown anywhere for a gig and that's been the only one so far, but it was such an incredible experience. The only downside was that on this island, it's called Cat K in the Bahamas. It's a private island and they have no gear there. So if they want a band, they have to literally fly in the band and the gear. So I had to load up my PA, my subwoofer, all of our instruments onto this little last plane like private private planes right like small yeah they flew us there they paid us handsomely and we stayed overnight free lodging and then we flew back the next day so it was like a 24-hour experience it was a july 4th party for last year Mm -hmm. so they they flew us in we played uh the national anthem and then party in the usa as like a special nice for, for july 4th and then um and we had an awesome time. It's so fun playing those kind of parties and, and people really appreciate it because they don't normally have music there. And uh, what a cool experience to be able to do with my band. And actually on that gig, I had a brand new bass player and drummer for that gig because my normal um, my normal guy uh, just couldn't get out of the country and come back. So uh, I just had to find an alternative uh, person for that. And uh, doing those type of gigs with a new lineup, it's... Obviously, it's anxiety-inducing. It's scary. But what I do to prepare my musicians is that I use the tracks, right? And I'm I'm not just using karaoke version. That's where I source most of the tracks. I'm not just downloading from their website. What I do is I, I, I bring in the entire stems, every single track separated. And then I, I typically adjust the arrangement. And I speed up the BPM a few because I find that recorded versions versus live versions, you want a little bit of umph yeah, in the beat. Definitely. Playing it live. Yes. So I make those adjustments and then I, I print MP3s of various versions of every song minus each instrument. So for example, the drummer, I'll give him a version of every song minus the drums for him to practice to and then a version of the song with the drums 6 dB ladder so that he can use that as a learned version. And I do that for every musician. I have a Google Drive. I, I Every time we bring in a new song, I go through this process. I dump the files into my Google Drive, and I send out the links to all the musicians along with the set list for that specific show. Then they know exactly how to come prepared. There's no rehearsal necessary because if they practice to those tracks, that's the exact arrangement we're going to play live, the exact tempo. There's no, there's no trickery. There's no curveballs. And again, the cues are going to guide everybody through. Are the the cues in those training tracks too? That's correct. Yeah. So they, they, they're learning the cueing along with learning their parts. Correct. Yes. And I like to, I'm a lover of improvisation and I try to squeeze it into our top 40 live shows in, in pockets, in songs where it's, it's fitting. I'll, take a solo that was already there and I'll double it or triple it and I'll pass it around. I play with a saxophone player a lot. He's incredible. I'll pass a solo to him as much as possible. He rips it and and I have various versions of those songs. So for example, a song like Brick House, right? 
works every time. And I have four versions of that one song with different length solos, right? So I have a version with just one solo, just for guitar. That's two solos. If I'm if a keyboard player, I want to solo, et cetera. So that on any given show, I can pick and choose the right version. Any given set, if we have a tighter set, I'm going to choose the versions with less solos. I just have allowed my setup to be flexible. And I run everything out of Reaper as my DAW, my digital audio workstation. That's just the one I know how to use. It does all the same things as like Ableton Live can do. You can open up all of the songs in the set. You can move songs around as needed. You can call audibles, all of these various things. So it's not like we're locked into uh, exactly the set list. We can still be flexible live. And um, having that set up has changed the game. It's changed it. it. Our live shows have gotten so much tighter, so much better because of this setup. So again, thank you guys for guiding me to the light. I needed it. And like I said, coming from original bands, it wasn't as possible because you would have to record, you'd have to use your studio recordings or you'd have to record your own backing tracks. And having the karaoke version, I actually want to say, I think karaoke version is missing out because they don't have cues on their <clears> website. They don't, have, they don't offer cues. I think if they added cues for every track and charged another dollar or something, I think that would be huge because I think every band that is currently like has to add their own cues manually. And that's that's a pretty annoying process. I, I yeah. think you guys have been through that. I know Adam. <sighs> when I, I have, uh, if you're looking for cues, we got them. They're on the website. <laughs> yeah. I like to I'll use even... my own. I like to <laughs> customize them as much as possible because I think it's fun for the musicians just to hear something weird. <laughs> And, all of uh, my yeah, all of yeah. mine have little Easter eggs in them. Yeah, I have your underpants underpants pressure one. Yeah, 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 underwear pressure. Underwear pressure, yeah. Yeah, you gotta keep it fun. Gotta keep it fun. Yeah. Well, but but listen, I mean, in terms of adding cues, sounds like the small part of your workflow that you're building for m maybe as many as ten players, right? <laughs> Unique. I typically focus on five instruments. Yeah, the core of the band yeah, for sure. Bass, guitar, keys, vocals. All right, so for five of them, you're making two versions each, and then a live version. Yeah, I, maybe with yeah. alternations for the number of solos they've got. So this is a this is this is not a small investment of time. No, it's taken years and countless hours. Yeah, I'm very thankful to have a remote day job. Yeah, it gives me. A little bit of freedom so that things aren't so crazy busy. I can turn to my personal laptop mm -hmm. and knock out some work. And I've gotten into a process where I you know, like cue all of the the rendering of these songs. I'll do it all at once, and then I'll just let it run when I'm doing something else. So I have figured out ways to make the process easier on myself and quicker. <laughs> You'd have to. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Just, I'm sure. I don't well, have that time. It's also an interesting situation because you were basically saying like all of this kind of started when the world shut down <laughs> and it provided you this unique opportunity where you had the margin to systemize all of these different processes so that when you basically you did all the legwork and you got all of it done up front so that now when you bring somebody into the fold all of the resources are available to them. And so they come into this very cushy situation where you have set them up to succeed and they feel taken care of. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's goodwill on a, on a huge level. Yeah. And again, more influence, more, more people choosing to take 
your dates over other people's dates because they know that you're they're going to have all the stuff they need to do a good job. Yeah. So, oh, I, I imagine people right. coming up to you like, hey, I heard what you're doing. I want to be part of it. Yeah. It's kind of just starting to happen, to be honest. Yeah. I've had to really plant those seeds for some time to see the dividends. And um, truthfully, it's just within the last maybe six months that people are now reaching out to me. Hey, I heard about your band. Yeah. I need X, Y, Z. I'm available. Mm-hmm. That's really cool because now I'm not looking on Craigslist anymore. Right. I'm done with and, that you're, place. <laughs> and you're getting quality candidates because it's happening in network. Like right. the other musicians, yes. the other kind of hot shots in your area are going, hey, there's this thing. There's yes. this guy. You need to go check them out. And the other thing that I like, because I, I get that a fair amount as well. Um, but the cool thing about that is that when other bands get into a pinch, then you become an additional resource. You're like, they're like, Hey, I need this thing filled to get, you know, who do you know? And then you can, that's that abundance mindset that, that garners goodwill with your competition, quote unquote. Um, yes. They're not my competition. I'm I'm really big on this. And I just want to, um, elaborate on that point just for a second. These other bands, they are my friends. They're not competition. We all lift each other up and I've been, really helpful to a lot of other bands in my local space just yesterday actually i sent a list of about five singers to a friend of mine that's a drummer he's having struggles booking a singer she plays in like five bands so i shared a list of him, of him with him and uh that's the same with a couple other band leaders that i'm in touch with locally and um that's partly why i appreciate your guys group so much especially the patreon slack community because it's band leaders from all over the country experiencing all kinds of different issues, whether they're local problems or just some of the same things we all go through, just dealing with band members, dealing with uh, venues, dealing with agents, all of those crazy things that we go through. And then I end up just complaining to my wife and she doesn't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> I get to now you know, talk to you guys, my, my internet friends and uh, my local band leaders. And I just want to, um, you mentioned that thing about in-network recommendations at this point. I'm meeting some of the best musicians I've ever played with right now. Like literally this month, last month, I'm playing with several new people in the group that are the best people that I've played with. And part of the reason the, mo- the lineup was so modular in the beginning is because I have this vision. I have this like Rick Rubin-esque vision of what I want to hear from my band, right? The same way he produces other bands in the studio, I I produce my own band, and I haven't quite heard what I want to hear. There, we've touched it, we've we've tapped on it, but I, I know that um, if I continue to follow this vision, this like this noise that I hear in my head, if I keep getting closer and closer to that, and I am, I know I'm eventually going to get there and sustain there, and then maybe. Maybe the lineup won't be so modular. I don't know. You know, I'm going with the flow on this and I'm waiting until, you know, I talked to an, another band leader about this and he was a guy that hired me as a bass player um, when I was not in a band before I started Van Band. And he told me something about how he started off being modular the same way. He would hire whoever he could and then eventually settled on a killer lineup because he trusted everybody. They all did great jobs. And I don't know, maybe I will end up in that place and I'll come back on in a year or whatever. <laughs> and I'll say, don't do modular. And, you know, I, I, 
or or treat yeah, it treat it like it. several years of auditions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing I just want to comment on, I want to, you know, since I'm on the podcast, this is my first podcast, by the way. Yeah, hope, uh, doing great. I'm doing all awesome. right. And uh, thank you. And uh, I want to get this out there. I want to get this idea out there. Okay. Networking is worth something, right? Networking is, is worth money to me. And what I've tried to instill in the people who I deal with and in my community, when a musician like just recently, uh, a bass player that I wanted to hire wasn't available for a date. And I said, hey, do you know anybody else? He recommended another bass player. And he's that other bass player is playing the gig with me this Friday for the first time. And I spend 20 bucks to that guy who, who hooked me up with the recommendation. And it's not much. It's not making anybody rich. But to me, that just little gift, that bonus, whatever you want to call it, I think that is something that should be like widespread because... Um, most people will just say, oh, thank you, and go on with their life. But that networking has taken me, you know, several years now and really 20 years of my life being a musician to, to know all these people to be able to help other bands out when they're in a pinch. And that's worth something to me. And it's not like I'm going to hold somebody hostage for 20 bucks, but I just think it's just be generous. If somebody helps you out, if they help you out and help your band play a gig that you would have had to cancel, Send 20 bucks their way. Just, yeah. just hook it up. And um, just also on that note, send Adam and Dan 20 bucks. <laughs> send me 20 bucks. See how we wrapped that all up there. That was pretty nice. That was pretty nice. No, but listen, I'll say that that is certainly the case. Networking, um, a lot of people do networking wrong, which is like, how do I meet a bunch of people so that I can maximize my opportunity? Yep. Networking is best done when you're looking for what you can contribute to people. How can I connect, you know, this person, I, I just met this person and they need a thing and, oh, I know a guy who's got that thing. And you connect those two people. Um, networking begins with generosity. And then once you are known as someone who is a connector and a part of the community that's got, you have connections broadly across the community, then you know, it starts to pay dividends for you, but you're not there for That's not the point of networking. Exactly. That's uh, the eventual outcome yeah. of generosity. Yeah. There's a term that Kindness. Gary Vaynerchuk uses is called, he's got a book called jab, jab, right hook. And it's the give, give before you ask. Yeah. So basically to get your, you have to get your licks in before you, you go in for the big shot, yeah. but in a generous way. Yeah. So, if you give, if you if you give more than you take, then you're going to. If karma is is real and karmic debt is real, then you want to have as little of it as possible. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and and that story I just shared earlier about the drummer that I hooked up with the vocalist, just like the next day he needed somebody for a sound gig, and he just knows I do sound for my band. He said, "Hey, this is an easy gig. They pay 400 bucks. Can you do it? It's on a Sunday when I wouldn't normally have a gig, anyways." I can always use the extra money. And that's only because I was kind to this guy and generous right. with other things. Right. So it, it comes back to you. That's the universal way. And if you're stingy, that comes back to you too. So just, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. just be kind, be generous with other bands. Like I said, this is not competition. There aren't enough gigs for everybody. Trust me. It's abundance. Absolutely. And, and on that note, I want to make sure that we hit some of these patreon slacker questions i don't know um how we're doing on time but i've got a i've got back? a question yeah go that um i don't we don't really ask this enough and i feel like it's it we're kind of doing uh people listening a disservice because we've just talked through a lot of stuff mm -hmm. that you have 
pulled off and it is truly impressive. What hasn't worked? What has what has not what is a what is an idea that you had or a system that you have uh, tried to implement that just did not yeah didn't so, didn't work didn't pan out. So you guys used to have a segment called Gigs from Heck. And, yeah, yeah. And, Been a while. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I was thinking about that. I had one just recently. Um, so before I had this uh, lyric automation system set up. I was trying to use my phone. I was trying to use an app on my phone to Bluetooth. I was, I was trying to Bluetooth from my laptop to an app on my phone to pull up the lyrics. And it would work like 92% of the time. Mm-hmm. But that 8% is enough to derail a show if I have to like restart a track to try to get it going and it's not working. And then one time, you know, I, iPhone will update their iOS and then the dongle that I had used prior, I didn't like think to check that before the next show and I plugged it in and the dongle wouldn't work. And like I had no service, I couldn't get the update. It was very, uh, uh, you know, sometimes things go wrong tech, tech wise. And, and to be honest, I don't really have much of a backup plan. That's one thing I uh want to like get better at is like to have a plan b because i'm pretty much trusting my laptop we played a gig last weekend and it was super windy like crazy windy and i always keep my laptop on a stand next to me i try not to touch it during the show as much as possible i have it automated so i can send midi from my helix guitar pedal board to the daw so that i can start tracks by just stepping on a, a pedal on the on the um, helix, so I step on. I can change. He's <laughs> got his, an example. Yeah, his mic is right. going through the helix. For those of you who are uh, hearing this for the first time, we had we had a sample of that before. <laughs> yeah, I just had to do that on the show for, for sure. Time. For sure. <laughs> so I have my helix pedal board, which I use. It is the hub of my show. I use it for my guitar, but I also use it as an interface and as a MIDI uh, sender to my DAW. So. Um, it gets complicated. I didn't know how to do any of this stuff a few years ago. I've just learned YouTube is an invaluable resource. If anything you need to know, search it on YouTube and go to YouTube University and figure it out. You know, Try some things. It's not going to work all the time at first, but if you continue on, you'll figure it out. And I figured out how to use my Helix, which is another suggestion that you guys made. Back in the day, you were like talking about this Helix guitar pedal board. I'm like, what is this thing? I'm gonna <laughs> try it out. It's pretty expensive, you know, 1200 bucks or so. But I bought it on the Sweetwater deal. I paid it off over a few years from the income that I make from my music. You know, it pays for itself. All of my music gear pays for itself. That's the beautiful thing. And um, so I, I, I use that system. And sometimes things go wrong. Sometimes the tech doesn't work. Sometimes it's not my fault at all. It's like something going on with the mixer, uh, some sign of internal routing. We had an issue at the last show. Oh, so I, was, I, was, I told a half a story where my laptop was on the stand. It was mm. super windy. And on set break, I walked off stage and my laptop was playing break music. And all of a sudden, the break music stopped. And I looked over and my laptop's on the floor. And a huge gust of wind had come along. And I have a 2012 MacBook Pro. It's, it's barely hanging on. It's what I'm using right now for the podcast. It's what I use for everything I do musically and video-wise. It's barely hanging on. So this thing took a major spill in between our two sets. And I was so worried that oh, it my would God. not work for seconds. Yeah, two, the chills. I can't imagine. Oh, God. I mean, my hair's standing up on my neck just thinking about it. 
Yeah, I restarted oh, that thing and it was back up and running perfectly, and uh, I'm very thankful that it's it's yeah, hanging on. If anyone wants to donate a new laptop, I am, <laughs> again, well, at, at VanPay on Venmo. There you go. Um, I, I have a question about something you just said. So you use your Helix as an interface. So do, do, I, do, I, do I understand right that you're playing, your, your playback is coming out of the computer into the Helix and through one of the outs of the Helix to the mixer? Or of the outs. So I use uh, coming in, I'm connecting via USB to my Helix, uh-huh. what I'm doing right now with a microphone. Yeah. And my stereo tracks are coming out of one and two. And then three and four is my click and my cues channel. I separate those so that different musicians can have what they want as far as click and cue volume in their in-ears but the whole so thing that is running through my the helix. whole thing's coming out of the helix i've never heard of anyone doing that that's that's killer i hadn't either to be honest but i just started playing like the helix is so powerful yeah heard you guys talk about how like you really kind of just use one patch right when you do it i have i don't have a different patch for every song but there are about half of our set i have a different guitar patch so i have a lot of unique tones for special songs there's one song, like we do uh, Crazy by Gnarls Barkley mm. mashed up with Rolling in the Deep by Adele. Sure. And I do like the Tom Morello pitch whammy effect, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do that with my guitar, you know, that crazy Tom Morello effect. And that's only available if I have like separate patches. So my DAW is sending a MIDI signal to the Helix to switch patches on certain songs. And then I have like a basic patch, which I use for like half the set. That just is, you know, flexible and I can use for anything. Um, uh, I don't know about you, Adam, but my mind is blown. Yeah. Again, we have, we, we only kind of like set the, the thing in motion because <laughs> yeah. I'm doing any of that. Yeah, no, and, that's and, and, and I'll tell you this, I, I literally DM somebody else on the, uh, Creston from, uh, Alt 95 because he was talking about how he was leveling all his, um, his Helix patches and I uh, DM'd him. I was like, well, the, turns of table it's my turn to ask you a bunch of questions on how to do something seriously and he was uh very generous with his wisdom so oh how the turntables on on that note of leveling i'm not perfect with it but i i keep my big volume knob activated so that i can just step down and tweak it up or down if needed yeah and i also have my my wawa set as a volume um you know reducer if i need yeah so I have options where it, when it's not perfect. Yeah. Sometimes it's not, just to be honest. Yeah. All right. So you want to do the uh, Patreon Q&A rapid fire or wrap up rapid the, uh, fire. Let's wrap do up it. the episode? Yes. And again, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> this is uh, super fun to get into the, the nerdy stuff, the nitty gritty. Oh, yeah. Great having you, man. You, you, you really are like the, 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 the greatest expression of what we hoped we might have happen out there in the world. It, so, well, listen, it's making us look good for the most part. It's really true. Sad. It's really, really satisfying to have you on because, because, uh, because of all that you've accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, that's why I created the outro bumper for you guys because. I'm not the richest guy in the world, and I've, I've been you know, giving you guys a few coins every month for a while now, but I, uh, you guys were doing this thing where you wanted uh, your Patreons to kind of contribute by doing an outro bumper. So I forget who it was, but somebody had done an initial one, and I was like, oh, this would be fun. It was Runnels. Yeah. It was, an, it was the other Adam. It was Runnels, yeah. Okay, so yeah, Adam. So um, I one day just was like, you know what? Let's have fun with this. I created you guys an outro bumper. But I now want to get to the reason I'm really here, all right? 
Here it is. Here it is. You listeners, listen up right now, right? I want off the outro bumper. I'm done with it. (laughs) I I never wanted to do in the first place. It's like, you know, I owed Adam and Dan some money and, you know, I couldn't afford it. And they were like, "Uh, we'll let you off the hook if you do this outro bumper for us. And, um, no, truthfully, it's annoying to hear my voice. I want to hear somebody else. I, I'll send you guys the script. I still have it in my email. <laughs> it, it's like, you know, you guys are, are one of my favorite podcasts, and then I hear my voice at the end of it. You know, it's nice to hear you. There, hear there's one go, small um, edit to make. There's one small edit that Adam managed. There you go, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So uh, this is my plea. This is my begging. Somebody, come on, come through. Give these guys a new outro bumper. They deserve it. Tell some bad jokes. Shout out the uh, you know the the Instagram handles, which, which yeah, by the way I'll, I'll throw mine in right now. What was that? Yeah, shout your shout Please, yourself let's out. Let's do it. Yeah. That- so my Instagram for the band is at vam band, and we already went over that's v a m dot band. My personal uh, music page is at Adam Moskowitz Music, and uh, I won't spell that for you, but you know you'll find. It. <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll try and spell yeah. it right in the show, show notes. notes. Yeah. There you go. And, you know, I'm on YouTube. I'm on Facebook. You know, find me on all those. Find the band. Follow what we're doing. Leave some comments. All, all that stuff is free. So, you know, I try to support, you know, every like six months or so in the Patreon Slack, I'm like, everybody drop your social handles so we can all kind of like yeah. follow each other yeah. in the, the, not the real world, but the social media world. And, and we can kind of see what each other's bands are doing in public, in the public eye. Um, so yeah, I want off the outro bumper, please, please. I'm begging you guys. Somebody. I'm loving it. And yeah. And now, now we get to, uh, the Patreon, um, questions. So I'm going to go a little bit of rapid fire. And, um, first we have from Jason Adler, uh, from after seven from Tucson. Again, thank you for the nomination for bringing me on to the show. I'm really having a good time here. So he asked, how do you handle, um, or how do you handle like jealousy or arguments? Does that ever happen between band members? You know, maybe some people don't get hired and they're wondering like, what's up? Why aren't you into me? And here's my thought process on it. Okay. I'm married to my wife. Okay. I'm not married to my bandmates. I, I love them all. I really do. But I enjoy variety in that way. And sometimes I just want to bring somebody new in because I think they might have a flavor that I'll enjoy. And then I think my, our crowds will enjoy. So, um, you know, there's, there hasn't really been a, any jealousy. Um, I have had to have some difficult conversations at times, you know, sometimes, um, you know, I had a guy that just couldn't get his time management together. couldn't get, you know, he actually showed up to several gigs after downbeat, which to me is like, no, that's not cool. And as band leader, that reflects, negatively upon myself and i work i work so hard to get this band to have a good reputation to have one guy bring it down so i no longer work with that guy he didn't just get bumped to the bottom of my list he got knocked off the list and he was great great uh contributor to the band and i had to let him go and i typically don't fire people often i just bump them later on in the list you know and then maybe they don't get a call but once a year whatever it is so next, we got um, from Dennis Paget of Smoke and Gun, which is in the Carolinas. I'm not sure north or south, but he's in the uh, Charlotte area. Uh, he, okay. Yep. All right. Um, so he asked about um, sub routine and scheduling. So, so I'll share very quickly how I handle 
dealing with so many different people, right? So I have a system because I believe that being organized is like a superpower. So in my day job, I am a financial analyst. I deal with spreadsheets all day long. So there it I is. Utilize that skill that I have. Yeah. And I, I uh, attack the band situation with that skill. So I schedule. And there's three tools I use. There's texting. There's Google Calendar. And there's my spreadsheet, my tracking spreadsheet. So the way a gig works is I book it. I book a date if I'm available, right? And then I create a new tab on my spreadsheet with that date. I figure out based on the gross pay how much I can pay each individual musician after you know I take uh, an overhead percentage fee and like a band leader type of percentage fee. Everything's percentage based, uh, and not everybody makes the exact same amount. I want to be clear that um, I believe that different people will bring different value. Different people have different time requirements as far as setting up versus breaking down and all that. So what I do is I send a text to each person, right? As soon and I send it, I send an official Van Band offer with a particular emoji, right? That way that I can always search that emoji and know that it'll bring up all of my offers, right? It's just a little trick, keeps me organized. Genius. And then once they confirm via text, right? Then I add them to my Google calendar for the band. That sends like a formal invite for the date. It goes on their calendar. And in the show notes, I have all the details as far as load-in, time, et cetera, everything they would need to know. And then I typically will send an email the week of with show info. So I'm like the day of coordinator. Like I said, I do everything A to Z and then some. So I send an email the week of that has all of the details again. It has the set list. It has... Uh, the time I expect everybody to arrive, the time we'll sound check, and the time we we have downbeat. So that's how I keep track of it all. And then on my spreadsheet, once I lock in a musician, I highlight it blue, a certain color. Once I lock in all the musicians for a specific gig, and Adam, I've heard you one time, like you forgot to have a bass player on a gig. <laughs> like yep. I, I make sure that that doesn't happen for me because when I have the full band locked in for a gig, I turn that tab uh, blue, and then I know... I'm good on that that date, and then once the pay comes in for that um, that date, I highlight everybody green as I pay them out, and then the tab gets turned green once I'm done. You know that gig is now complete. So that's my process, A to Z. It's a good process. Cool. That's, ter- that's terrifying. <laughs> no, I, I, everything you just said. That's amazing. I'm so scared. It's amazing. <laughs> well, it's mostly just texting. It's, that part's not that hard. And yeah. the spreadsheet, you know, you, you created a spreadsheet. We, we've shared on the Patreon Slack sort of the different ways our bands divide income. You yeah. know, some bands just do an even split. I get it. It's hard to do math. Not for me. I'm a, I'm a spreadsheet guy. I'm a bit nerdy with the tracking of it all. I'm good with using a percentage system. And everybody, you know, I, I, I pay my people well. I make sure I have a certain minimum. I never go under. Uh, my people know that. And, you know, certain people... Certain musicians say, hey, I don't want to play for under 200. Cool. I'll note that down. I won't offer you any gigs that pay less than that. It's a cool system. I love it. It's amazing. So next question we had was um, from Mark Budwit of the Cheese Doodles in Wisconsin, which I thought was a funny name. And yeah. So they were in Wisconsin. Yeah. So it works. He asked, what's the pros and cons of this modular lineup? And we've got into that a bunch, but I'll just share a couple more notes that we didn't get into earlier. I'll start with the cons, okay? Explaining to old school type of agents Mm. and clients that 
don't understand why there's a different singer in one video versus another video. Sometimes I have to figure out the best way to communicate that. You know, not everybody understands or um, appreciates the, the 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 pros of a modular lineup. So they think, oh, it's just a bunch of subs, and that's not cool. They're not going to be as good. No, that's not the the scenario with my band. We're just as good, if not better, with uh, you know certain musicians on board. So that's a con. And another con we have is band photos. All right, so uh, I bet. <laughs> the way I do it is that whoever's on any gig, that is Van Van that day. Mm-hmm. And that's the band photo. And I'm really diligent about like tagging all of the musicians that are going to be on any given gig. I do it on Instagram, on the Facebook event. I make sure that I'm very transparent with our audience that if they're coming expecting to see, see somebody specific, I want them to know before they get there and be disappointed. I want them to know, hey, Van Van's coming with a new singer this this show. Maybe they'll be ready. Let's go check it out. So it can be a plus, of, uh, you know, both a bonus and a, and a negative. But um, sometimes it's a little difficult when like a venue's hit, like, hey, send me a band picture. And I'm like, yeah, well, I, ju- I try to just focus on the singer, like who's the singer. Yeah. It's kind of the face of the band. And I'll share that picture, even if the rest of the lineup is different. It doesn't really matter, to be honest. Um, nope. So a couple pros. Um, I've never had to cancel a gig. It's never happened with the band band. And I've had I've had individual musicians have life circumstances, you know, somebody had a death in the family, they had to cancel within like 48 hours of a gig, and I was able to get another bass player, you know, for the show. We didn't have to cancel, so that's definitely a pro, huge pro. And um, some of the other pros I talked about earlier, so I won't repeat them. But one I didn't mention is that song selection, right? So we have a repertoire of about. 90 tunes right now and that's grown hugely over the last year about 34 songs added over the past year alone because we've had new members come in especially new singers and they're like hey i can do these 25 songs but let's add some new songs and i'm all about expanding the repertoire it allows us to have a lot of options for different kind of gigs you know sometimes we play for an older crowd they want more of a Motown, funk, classic vibe. And sometimes we have a younger crowd and they want to hear the stuff that's on the radio that's within the last 10 years. And we can now, because we have a bigger repertoire, we can do both of those things. And that's really cool. And it's my goal this year to get over 100 songs. That's just like a personal vision for myself. And um, again, that just gives us, it just gives us a variety of options. So and I shared with you guys the bigger vision. I actually have a question for you guys before we get into like the last um, let's go last two rapid fire questions. So, tribute bands, right? Yep. So I have an idea for a tribute band, but I was wondering with you two, you know, you have your your projects, your cover projects. If you were to do a tribute band that started tomorrow, what would be the artist? <sighs> Adam, go first. So for me, I don't have like a particular artist because I don't feel like there's one that's that influential that i could like do a good job on but if there was a market for like an arena rock tribute so like that would do stuff from like foreigner and boston i would love i would i would sing the crap out of that you would you would yeah and 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 do it but do it like um like yacht rock review does it so like dress up like you are an arena rock band from that era with the outfits and the gear and like Mm. how fun would that be yeah. Have you played with horns with members only? 
No, we just we we it's either been a budget thing or a lineup thing. It's it's really hard to find. I feel like horn players are like uh, keyboard players in this town. They're just there's they're apparently everywhere, but like they're never available. Gotcha, Dan. You're in the hot seat. Well, there are a few. I can't I can't do one. <clears throat> I think I can do three. That's fine. Um, uh, I would crush a police slash sting tribute. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I, as a teenager, I built my voice around Sting. Um, his very top, I can't quite get to, but mm. most everything else, I, I, I can do a very credible Sting. The other one is Talking Heads. Mm. I'm, I'm not aware of really any Talking Heads tributes. Um, I played with one a very, very long time ago. All right. All right. Well. And then um, the Yacht Rock guys do a, a Stop Making Sense show every year. Oh, nice. With the lamp? I want to do the lamp. Love that. It's it's very very like amazing. Amazing. I do have a third, and it came from a dream. I had a dream one time that I was in a Blues Brothers tribute act called One Hundred Six to Chicago. Great name. All right, and I the, the the I woke up from that dream. I rolled over and got my phone and went to Google Domains and registered the domain One Hundred Six to Chicago dot com just to be ready for the day when that show happens. I love it. All right. The, the reason I was asking is because I have an idea for a tribute band. And, and the issue that I have with tribute bands is that not all artists have enough hits to mm. sustain a full set or, or two sets. That's a good point. With just one band, yeah. one artist. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I saw a French tribute band recently, and I think I think that's an issue because... Yeah, they may have five to ten hits, but then what about the rest of your your show? You know, your your filler, and you know, I don't I don't want to ever play filler. So my idea was I like the idea of multi like tributes to multiple artists or multiple bands. Like you guys both mentioned a few, and I like that. And if you can combine, you know, the Police and Talking Heads into a, a single tribute maybe, maybe there's enough hits between the two of them yeah. to fill out a solid set maybe my yeah. idea i love bruno mars i love prince and i love the weekend and i think uh maybe someday i'll build up enough of each one of the their songs to kind of do a tribute to all three of them at once and i think there's enough hits there to work with but like i said with one band sometimes it's a struggle to, to pull up the material and it's a lot of b-sides type of stuff and um yeah, so the, the next question we had was from Mr. Mike Schulte. We're doing those ones. Very good. Of the Pork Tornadoes, of course, and uh, they're from Iowa. So he asked, who do I like better, Adam or Dan? <laughs> he was really <laughs> stirring the pot for He was. I, I know you're all waiting for this, and all, all I have to say is, Adams are taking over the cover band scene. <sighs> Get used to it. Yeah, Sorry, Dan. I am used to it. Same question for you, Dan. Who do you like better, Adam or Adam? <laughs> <laughs> I like Adam best. Adam's my very favorite. Correct answer. Yeah. He asked, what cover band do I hate the most in my area? Again, trying to stir the pot. Right. What a and, troublemaker. You know, the truth is I- I'm, I'm really not much of a hater. As, as you've heard from me over this episode, like I'm a big supporter of other bands. I love... Um, I love going to other band shows and just helping them out in whatever way possible. Uh, that being said, um, I'll just comment that what I dislike about some bands that I see is is that, or let me say it another way, is some bands teach me what not to do, right? 
Yep. A lot of bands inspire me and they give me great ideas. Like the tribute band I was just talking about, they had video screens along with their show. And um, that was really cool. And, and I do want, like I have the lyric teleprompter, which is one video screen, but I want a crowd-facing video screen yeah. and a second monitor. And that's something I want to build towards along with automating my lighting. You know, those are like big, bigger projects that I'm always sort of iterating on in the background and just kind of moving towards that goal, even though I know it's far away. I'll get there one day if I just put the, put in the work, you know, whatever time every day or just continually, I know that I'll get there. And it's the same thing with the band. It's like you're successful as long as you continue doing it. Mm. Like that is the definition of success. We're playing shows. We're having fun. I, of course, I want to achieve more things, but like it's successful right now. So uh, sorry, Mike, I'm not going to name a local band. I hate it. <laughs> And and he asked, uh, who is my least favorite member of the Slack chain? And that that one's super easy. It's it's Mike Schultz. Obviously, uh, obviously, uh, obviously. Because and I'll tell you why. It's like there can only be one massive beard in the Slack group. And uh, <laughs> it's the Moskowitz beard. Shots fired. Well, I will, you know, Mike Schultz. I'll put this out to you. If if this conference idea, you know, becomes to fruition. I challenge you to a drum off, all right? And, uh, and whoever wins this drum off uh, gets to keep their beard, all right? Let's put it there. Wow. <laughs> wow. That is, uh, that's, you heard it here first, folks. All right, we're, we're building that into the conference schedule. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Thank you for all the questions. Um, oh, we got one more. So um, from Creston Altzel from Alt 95 in Cleveland, which, uh, you know, we just we just celebrated that they had a huge show. They were one of the bands that yeah. you guys coached here on Cover Band Confidential. And um, he asked about, our, you know, some automation in our show. I've gotten into some of that over the course of this uh, episode, but um, I'll just talk about the lighting for just for one moment. So I use LightKey, which is a app on Mac. And um, lighting in historically has been like pretty difficult to program. Uh, I never, I just kept things on like, you know, random fades or sound settings in the past because it just seems so daunting to program a light show and get like a controller. And I just, I just couldn't figure it out. So light key, like simplifies it. It does things in like an Apple kind of way where uh, you can visualize, it has all the colors you can Again, I learned on YouTube how to use it. And basically what I do is I just send MIDI notes from my DAW and I can just put them on like the beginning of each section so that the lights switch to a new patch. And right now I just have it like uh, random. I just have like a hundred random patches and then the, the patch will switch as we go to a different section of the song. It's uh, an improvement from the just randomized settings. And hopefully in the future, I hope to have like a custom automation lighting for each and every song. That's a bigger project again, but I'm a nerdy dude. I love spending time on this. I'll get there eventually. So and and what, uh, what kind of lighting hardware do you have? Okay, so I have like three of these uh, ADJ light bars that go in the front of the stage. I'm kind of using it to light me right now, yeah. weirdly. And then I have like two four-bar setups that I put on each side of the stage. So show base. Uh, yeah, I have one show base and one ADJ. Uh-huh, gotcha. Don't rock in the uh, dark. <laughs> yeah, your band sounds you great. Guys used to be sponsored. Yeah. I keep trying to tell you guys get a, get another sponsor. I'm sponsoring you, but I mean, yeah, I appreciate that. 
Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's a simple lighting setup. I love lasers, but I just have like cheap ones right now. I would eventually love to have like a Pink Floyd style laser. I do have a haze machine, which is is a pretty recent purchase. And that really, for outside gigs, it really adds a lot. Yeah. It really sets a vibe on stage. It really just allows the lighting to like become a uh, just like a cool production feature. And, that, and it like grabs those light rays really cool. So I, I definitely recommend a haze machine if you don't have one. Well, listen, I, I appreciate the whole story you've told over the last, you know, hour or so of how we've inspired you to do that. I want you to know I'm inspired to dig into my lighting rig because I have a four bar and a gig bar uh, from Chauvet and I set them on auto, do your thing, whatever, and I forget them. And they're better than nothing, but it's not like anything programmed is happening. And uh, I'm going to dig into that. I appreciate I appreciate uh, uh, that you've gone from zero to something about that. And I'm going to follow your your example. Yeah. And, and again, I just want to, um, you know, I think we're coming to a close and I just want to really um, make make the point and, and like kind of speak for the community. And, um, you know, Adam and Dan, you guys created something from scratch. It has really uh, impacted my life and my band in a positive way. And, uh, you know, it's it's allowed me to like have this sounding board to um, throw ideas against the wall and kind of figure out what's best for my band. And, and like I said earlier, there's no one way to do things. I'm, I'm experimenting every day. Like I said, if you interviewed me a year ago or a year from now, I'm going to have a completely different story. And that's cool. Yeah, That's cool. I, I really encourage people to try things. I encourage you to like think about different aspects of your band's show. Like It's more than just you bringing your instrument to the show. Like There's a production aspect that really can enhance what your band is doing. And it's not a huge investment to get there. Like, how much was was the four bars? It's, it's like a few hundred bucks. Yeah, and it's, it allows you to have uh, go from like playing no lighting to like you know some dynamic um, energy coming from that, and it, and it feels more like a concert instead of just like playing. So I, I just encourage people to uh, keep iterating, and and you know, you guys have been an inspiration. Some of uh, some of the listeners and Slack group people and, and people post in your Facebook group. Uh, it's been really inspiring for me. It's allowed me to step up my game and I just want to thank you and let's, let's keep doing it. Let's keep uh, pushing each other. Rock on. Adam Moskowitz from the Van Band. Thank you so much for being here. And that's how you rock. You know? That's, how we, yeah, do that's how we do it. And that's how you rock more and suck less. Hey listener, this is Adam Moskowitz of the Van Band out of South Florida. Yes, another Adam. Adams are taking over the cover band scene. Get used to it. Sorry, Dan. On behalf of Cover Band Confidential, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Now I know you want to support this cast, so this is how you do it. You subscribe, you leave a five-star review, you share this episode with your musician friends, and you throw a screenshot on your story. And you go ahead and you follow the podcast on all their socials. You got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of them. These gentlemen, Adam Johnson of Members Only and Dan Ray of The New Strange, have graciously given us vast amounts of great content. So as a thank you, go ahead and send them some green energy on their Patreon page. For real, send them some digital coins. And when you do that, you'll get access to the Slack back channel, which 
is just musicians and band leaders chatting about the craft of being in a performing cover band. Who wins? The losses. The behind the scenes goodness. If you play at least once a month for money, all I'm saying is break off a few bucks for your favorite podcast that you always listen to. Any questions, comments, hit up the Facebook group, send a text or voicemail to their hotline. That's 404-491-0910. You can also email coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. If you'd like, you can find my band on Instagram, Facebook, at VAMBAND. That's V-A-M BAND. Do it. Seriously, I want to see that CBC bump. Or you can find everything you need at VAMBAND.com. We started in 2019. We play funk, pop, soul, R&B, Motown in Southeast Florida. I play guitar and backup vocals at Adam Moskowitz Music on IG. Also follow the CBC host on IG. That's at Adam Patrick Johnson and at Dan Ray Musician. Or visit Cover coverbandconfidential.com for all the goods. I'm going to go ahead and call it. For Adam Moskowitz in Boca Raton, Florida, that was your outro bumper on Cover Band Confidential. Always be performing! Always be performing!